Hey, welcome to The Weekly, where we connect what happened and our weekend services to your real life lived Monday through Friday. I am Thomas with my good friend and host, Jay Ewing. How's it going, Thomas? And it's going. It's less than 12 days till Christmas. Yeah, McDonald's has the 12 days of Christmas happening right now. <laughs> Only you would know that. Only you. Yesterday was a, a free double cheeseburger. Okay, what's today? Free Big Mac. Really? And I haven't been yet. I, I For either one of them, I'm missing out. I'm losing money today. Losing money. How does one find out what's the 12 days of Christmas? Uh, I don't know. I think you have to have the McDonald's app. <laughs> <laughs> that is one app I do not have. It's good. I only have three apps on my phone. Oh, really? What are yeah. the three apps? McDonald's. No. Yeah. Burger King. Yep. <laughs> Taco Bell. <laughs> That's really funny. I have Chipotle, yeah. Sonic, Wendy's, and Starbucks. Starbucks. Those are those are solids. Yeah. So after soccer practice, I've been taking the kids to Taco Bell. Yeah. The whole family goes. Right. Because you can eat for like a nickel. <laughs> totally. <laughs> and you have a large family. <laughs> so I get the kids' orders in. I get Kristen's order in. And then the lady like and anything else and i have to throw my stuff in but i i have this moment where i'm just frozen right i don't know what to order and uh the amazing thing about taco bell is there's only like seven ingredients right and five thousand items and so i just said can i please order two mystery items (laughs) (laughs) she was like what the heck is that what do you want i said i want two mystery items just pick something she said you want me to make you two things i thought yeah i just want you (laughs) to make up two things and Kristen looked at me like, are you insane? This is Taco Bell. Right. Like, maybe this is safe. There's only like seven things they can do. You're right. Anyway. Just meat, cheese, and lettuce. Yeah, in like four different forms, you know. And some empty cards on the side. It's <laughs> good. Garnished so good. with some cine twists. Yeah. <laughs> so what happened? Yeah. Well, they, they it was you really got good. got to the window. Yeah. So they used an aged tortilla. Okay. And, uh, <laughs> and then they put it in their flash freezer flash fryer called the microwave yeah and it was just like tacos i don't know it's fine okay yeah that that story didn't have a great ending (laughs) (laughs) no i was waiting for something epic like a triple decker taco no i just got seriously two items wrapped and in in sharpie it just wrote on the top mystery item number one oh my goodness you know some high school kid was just having a oh they made that made his night i hope so their night yeah yeah totally all right hey it's christmas what is Pastor Thomas want for Christmas. Man, solid transition. Yeah. Uh, if I get some McDonald's coupons mm-hmm. and some Taco Bell. You remember McDonald's bucks? The bucks? Like, Why do you, you say remember like past tense? Well, now it's a gift card. But it used to be paper, oh, yeah, yeah. like tear out parts of a dollar. Yeah. That was the best. I would get those in my stocking sometimes. Oh, I would too. Yeah. Growing up, that is definitely. And that was like one of the best stocking stuffers. Mm-hmm. Because you can get chocolate coal. Or McDonald's cash, <laughs> McDonald's cash all the time, <laughs> or the fake gold pieces. You know that yeah, were chocolate. chocolate. Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. Somehow those were really cool at, for stockings. Yeah, but I, McDonald's cash was like yes, and then they had the Chick Fil A calendar. Remember, you get the I Chick- get those every year. Yeah, well, Kristen does. Kristen swaps one with her sister. Okay. Yeah. Cool. Yeah. Um, that's got replaced. We went from McDonald's to Chick Fil A really quick. True. Well, Chick Fil A is. I feel. Do I feel like Chick Fil A is healthy for you? Somehow, I feel like it's in my healthy category. Well, it's blessed by the hands of God. Somehow, <laughs> somehow. somehow, maybe it's that uh, 
yeah, brining the doing the night before full of sugar and water. Probably. Yeah, and frying that bad boy up. It's so good. It's so good. All right, so Why is this always a food podcast? We I welcome <laughs> to all, the weekly where we talk about our favorite foods. Yeah, but no, what do you want for Christmas? Come on. What do you want? I, I don't World Peace? Yeah. <laughs> There's like nothing in on my list. There's nothing on your nothing. list. Yeah, year. I feel bad for Kristen. My yeah. Kristen. Yeah. What do you want? What did, what should I tell your Kristen? Well, you she's do? gotten two requests. Okay, something with coffee. No. Really? Yeah, not this year. You're already stocked up? Yeah, I'm already stocked up. You got all the Folgers you need, huh? I got all the canned Folgers in the freezer I need. That's good. Yeah. Um, I want a dad sweater. Elaborate. I don't even know what a dad sweater is. Like, you know. Like you a cardigan? To, yeah, you used to get like these. I don't know. Maybe you weren't this in your kids, but you like the dad sweater that like, it's like nice. It's a nice sweater. Mm. Maybe it's an off color or not that cool but i want something like that for yeah. my kids does year. it need to be made out of wool no pre- preferably not because that's itchy do you want like a tri-blend Park maybe Spandex? maybe yeah yeah but um a dad sweater or i've asked for a cooking apron too because mm. you know i've been cooking in 2020 a lot more i in my other podcast um, I named it the year of the carb in January, not knowing what COVID would bring. It is the year of the carb. So, yeah. Cook, like a, Cooking apron. Okay. I don't, I don't have one to do the dishes in at night or to cook meals when I cook. So, I would like an apron. Okay. A dad apron. Can I send a link to Kristen? Yeah, please. She'd probably actually be thankful to get some help on this. Yeah. yeah. I have an apron that has my name embroidered in it. <laughs> you do? Heck yeah, man. How do you have that? It was a gift a while back. Kristen oh, got it for me. That's awesome. Yeah. Yeah, that's really cool. I, I, I've asked for a meat thermometer, too, mm, from the family. Like, yeah. Yeah. One of the ones. I, I actually got a smoker just recently. Whoa. Some, someone. Man, it's, it's happening at the know, Ewing house. Oh, man. Someone <laughs> at Calvary was upgrading, and they gave me their smoker. Really? How awesome is that? That's pretty good. I was such a generous gift. So I want a digital smoker meat thermometer good call yeah man anyways i'm just trying to i'm trying to catch up to you thomas that's what i'm trying to do i put my smoker out on the curb with a free sign on it you did yeah no way it's gone within like 10 hours no wonder someone gave it to me (laughs) (laughs) jay would like this let me grab it for the drop it off at jay's house that's great yeah that's really fun well man it's christmas you had a great message this sunday i know it's hard to watch yourself in home group sometime you know all the time yeah (laughs) probably one of the kids at our home group asked me, what's it like watching yourself? I said, oh, one day you can dream about pastoring yourself on Sunday morning. <laughs> <laughs> He's like, what does pastor mean? <laughs> yeah, good yeah. times. No. My, my home groups, they're they are so kind. Yeah, I bet they're pretty mocking at times. Yeah, there's there's a peanut gallery. Yeah, there is a peanut gallery. Yeah, but um, it was great. I love the Magi story. I think it's one of the best stories of the Gospels of Jesus and Rival. Because... There's so much unknown of these these mm-hmm. wise men, you know, um, and I think it's just really fun to dream about, investigate as well, sort of imagine what these individuals would have been like. They could have been women too, maybe, right? I don't know. Yeah, it's probably a group of people. I mean, if they're from the, the East, you know, they're definitely not Israelites. So right. this is part of the Christmas story where, you know, the nations that— aren't believing, aren't following uh, the God of Israel, are welcome at the feet of Jesus. So this is the beginning of the gospel to all nations. Oh, that's beautiful. So some cool outcasts coming in. And they're probably, I mean, 
a lot of scholars assume that they're the group of people that Daniel, if you remember, during his um, uh, captivity, preserved by being able to interpret the dreams of the king. And the king was going to kill all the wise men, the magi of the kingdom, because they couldn't interpret his dream. And so David saves this group of people. Wait, 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 wait. wait. Where's this in Daniel? I have to look. I have to look. I, yeah, I yeah. really want to know. That's really cool. So if you're listening and you don't know, um, you can just probably Google your way to it, right? Or do you want to look and make sure we find the no, reference? That's fine. You can Google your way there. Yeah, but uh, that's really cool. So you're telling me that in Daniel, there's possibly a connection to the wise men. Now, we didn't prep this. This is like a rabbit trail on the conversation of the weekly. But Yeah, so when Daniel interprets the dream that the wise men of Babylon can't, uh, some people assume that this group of people, because they're coming from Babylon, are this are the same group of people that Daniel helped preserve their life. Wow, that's really cool. That's anyway, really cool. But yeah, they, there was probably more than three because they, you know, they're they're associated with anointing new kings, which is why they're on the move. Um, this group of people, well educated scholars, um, somehow they, you know, understood the, the times and seasons of the skies and. Uh, saw the Lord's sign and indicated time to go to Israel. There's a new king to be anointed. That's really neat. But there's probably more than three. So, yeah. you know, that's why Herod is probably spun up here is there's a big old entourage of people. Yeah, just a quick search on Bible.com. It's Daniel 2, 13 through 30. Okay. That where you can find sort of that Daniel connection, possibly. Sweet. So, uh, yeah. And my favorite thing is they, they, they bring gifts mm-hmm. and they're bringing them to the feet of Jesus. Yeah, and so they bring these unique gifts and... I mean, we've, if you've heard a Christmas message in the last 20 years, if you've heard probably five of them, you've probably heard of these gifts. But what are these gifts? Gold, okay. frankincense, and myrrh. Probably the same things you're getting for your wife. Totally, man. I, she got some really <laughs> good frankincense. <laughs> I remember, a nice bottle of that. I remember sitting at a church service once, and this guy, Pastor Rick, was talking, and Pastor, uh, Pastor Rick asked, why do we give gifts at Christmas time? And someone from the congregation said, because the Magi gave gifts. And Pastor Rick was like, yeah, they gave gifts to Jesus. <laughs> <laughs> like they didn't get there, see baby Jesus, and be like, wow, there's Jesus. Hey, Bill, I got you some frankincense. <laughs> I got you some socks. <laughs> yeah, that's true. Uh, no. But frankincense is actually very potent. Yeah. If you, if you go to the Middle East, you can actually still buy frankincense, which is pretty cool. Yeah, you, you can, can buy it at Whole Foods, actually. Can you? Yeah, I, as an essential oil. I, think. I know you're probably surprised. Yeah, but or like, you know, your vitamin college type places. Interesting. So, but yeah. say the gold, frankincense, and myrrh, what are these? Why did why these three things? What do you, what did what do you think they are? Yeah, I, you know, in, in my reading and my study, they kind of indicate three aspects of of who Jesus is or what Jesus is gonna do. So the gold obviously is is kingly. Mm-hmm. That's um to recognize his kingship. And I don't think the Magi know these things about him. I think this is later on tied together. Mm-hmm. So they're giving gifts that they don't fully understand the, the entire meaning behind. That's my, my guess. So gold is honoring him as king. Frankincense is honoring him as divine. Frankincense was um, ordained in the worship services of Israel in the book of Numbers. And then myrrh is what you would anoint bodies with um, after they've died or to be ready to be buried. So devotionally, you yeah, could king, potentially king, God, God, and Savior. And Savior. Wow. I wonder how many people actually know that. That's pretty cool to even just think of the possibility of that connection. Yeah. 
Cool. So the, the Magi come, the wise men come um, from the East. They bring these gifts. What What do you think from your study over this this text and your own thoughts of devotionally like processing this message? What did you find like the most helpful out of it for yourself? Yeah, I think it goes with that theme of hope, um, which is why we did a short series before Christmas on the thrill of hope or a thrill of hope. Um, the weary world is now rejoicing. Um, they're, you know, they're experiencing injustice. Um, the, the world's broken in so many ways, and we're waiting for event, some event to happen to change our circumstances. And that's just wrapped up in this idea of hope. That hope is you're, you're longing for something to happen, a, a new day, a, a new dawn, a new era to begin. Hope is established in a promise, um, of, a, of a, someone coming or somehow circumstances changing. And then you have to wait on hope. And so hope is really tied into waiting for the fulfillment of something promised. So I hear waiting in tension possibly, right? Yeah. We talked about this uh, before, you know, the Bible, the Bible project guys do a great video on the Advent series on the, on the word of hope in the old Testament. I can link that in our show notes. Do throw it in the show notes. Okay. So they talk about, there's several words in the Bible that we use they're translated for hope. Two specifically um, that the Old Testament uses. One is this word of yakal, which is waiting, and then kava, uh, which is this waiting intention. Kava is is a root word of kav is a cord, and if you stretch or twist the cord, the kava, you're creating tension until it breaks or it's it's released. So when you see these two words in in the Old Testament and throughout the Psalms and the prophets, they're talking about the kava the akal, the waiting, the hoping in, in God. What's interesting in my study was in the book of Micah, which we were primarily in, which is the, what the scribes and the chief priests took Herod and the Magi to to figure out where the Messiah was going to be born in Bethlehem. The word that they use for hope in waiting is used one time in the book of Micah, and it's actually just used two verses after our text on Sunday. So what verse would that be? So that's Micah 5, verse 7. So we talked about how Micah is set up where God's going to bring judgment because of um, their evil and their wickedness and their injustice from their leadership all the way down. The whole country is polluted, and they have not responded to God sending prophets into the land to call the people back. They've just continued to be rebellious. So God is slow in anger, but now is finally going to bring judgment. So Micah 5, 7 reads this, Then the remnant of Jacob shall be in the midst of many peoples like the dew from the Lord, like showers on the grass, which delay not for a man, nor wait for the children of man. So what right, do you so mean there? So that's coming after God's judgment. We talked about Micah being set up with, here's God's judgment, but then there's going to be hope. There's God's judgment, which he's good because he addresses evil and wickedness, even amongst his own people, but there's always hope of a remnant. And so this is the hopeful part of, there's a remnant after Assyria comes in. There's going to be a remnant that's going to fill the earth. And the remnant that's going to fill the earth is like dew from the Lord, like showers on the grass. So when you think about dew on grass or showers, it's everywhere. So this is all nations. This is a global kingdom. This is a global promise, a global hope. And that word kava is here translated delay, which delay not for a man. It means we wait not or we hope not for a man. So what our hope is tied to is not to people. It's tied to God. So like a political leader or like a, an outcome from a boss or anything like that. Absolutely. So what you see here is that 
we will hope or we will wait not for a man, because we're waiting for the Lord who brings the dew in the showers. Like, what, what does man have anything to do with making sure there's dew on the grass in the morning or showers on the earth? I can answer that. Nada. Nada, right? So right. just as we have nothing to do with dew and showers, which actually produces life here on the planet, so too we will wait for the Lord who will cause dew and showers to come and restore his people back to be reconciled. Okay, so for those unfamiliar of this word, this word hit me, the remnant. What does a remnant mean? So, oh man, that's a good question. Um, remnant is those that are preserved, that are faithful to God. So one of Micah's contemporaries, if you go to the book of Isaiah, in Isaiah chapter 8, uh, there, here's Isaiah who's prophesying at the same time Micah is, and he catches on to this. The hope that we have is not in our circumstances, and the hope that we have is not in, in a person or sorry, not necessarily in um, a promise of what political leaders can do, but it's rooted in a person, in God himself. So this is Isaiah eight seventeen. Isaiah says, I will wait, that's Yakal, Yakal, I will wait for the Lord who is hiding his face from the house of Jacob, and I will hope, that's Kavah, in him. And then he lays out for, these, for all of these people going into captivity. So don't turn into the culture. Remain hopeful and trust in the Lord. He will bring us back to this land. And only a small remnant remain faithful to God. Majority, probably, people believe, will just turn in and take on the cultures and the trusts of the people, the soothsayers, the, the mystics, all these people that are going to be inquiring from palm readers, everything. And yet Isaiah says, no, for the remnant, for me and the remnant, we're going to continue to hope in the person of the Lord. Oh, man, let's take a commercial break. That's really good, Thomas. I, I think that's a great message we all need to hear this week in 2020. Let's take a commercial break and hear what's happening at Calvary and come back to, like, how do we apply waiting? What are some ways we, you and I, think waiting could happen in having this hope in a person? Hey, Calvary, it's Jay here. we got a couple of things happening this December at Calvary. You want to go to calvarybible.com slash events to find out information. Also, you just go to Calvary Bible and hit Christmas at Calvary. You're going to learn what's going on. Uh, don't forget, if you're listening to this before Thursday, this Thursday night at 6 p.m. on all three campuses is our prayer experience, our prayer night. This month, we've been people who've gathered to pray and worship, to seek the Lord's face and um in a great season of just blessing the Lord and just putting ourselves in front of him. So you don't want to miss this Thursday. It's online if you want to be there online or in person. Go to calvarybible.com. You can find out information on how your campus is doing the prayer experience this Thursday. Also, we got carols and candles at all three campuses this Sunday night. How fun is that? In the Christmas season, we're going to light some candles. We're going to sing some carols. You're going to hear a devotional idea, thought, uh, inspirational message from our campus leaders of this Christmas season. All right, let's get back to it. We've been talking about waiting and the tension of waiting and the the waiting of hope um, in Isaiah and Micah. And so, Pastor Thomas, I want to ask you, like, what are some practical things we can do as Calvary people to wait upon the Lord. Yeah, I think it's wrapped up in just the idea of hope. Hope exists because your circumstances are not what you want them to be. 
Like if, if you have everything you want and everything is as you want it, you probably don't have anything, any reason to have hope. Hope requires that something is not going right or something that you want is not obtained. And so the practice of hope has to be in this tension, like the, the reality of your life lived right now and the reality of the future promised. So that's why we've been looking at the promise of hope because hope is only as good as the one who promises it. So when we look at like practices of, of hope, we're looking at, you know, how do we put our hope in God himself? Where has God promised to show up and, and how does he help us in the waiting? So part of that is the fact that he's not going to leave you or forsake you, that he doesn't say, okay, I'm going to go get some things taken care of. I'm going to leave you for right now, but you just hope for my return. No, he, he says, I'm going to go take care of some things. I'm going to build some, some places in my father's house that you will be received in. I'm going to be doing kingdom work, and, and I'm going to give you my abiding presence in your body. I'm going to have the Spirit of God sit with you and be a reminder of this hope. So, you know, when I think about it, I think of just God's presence with me in the waiting, because there has to be waiting and there has to be tension because of what hope is. But I don't wait alone. Yeah, I think not waiting alone is like, Wait in community. So get yourselves in a community. If you're not in a community, if you're not in a home group, I mean, that's a very practical step here at Calvary. Calvarybible.com, get in a home group. Um, they're developing. They're, we're always adding new people to home groups. Is You need to be in a community of people that are practicing waiting um, and have that tension of the hope that's the future reality of what's going to happen. Um, maybe if part of community is also is revealing to people what you're waiting for to be encouraged, to be prayed for, um, that's a really easy way to have hope in this 2020. Yeah, and, and maybe start cataloging some of the things that God has and has not promised you. Like so many so many people, I think, um, don't trust God because they don't know what he's promised them. Or they, quote-unquote, tried to trust God for something that he never promised them, like wealth or health or well-being, and that kind of collapsed. And they said, well, then God must not be worthy of, of my hope. Like, well, he never promised those things. He promised that. And in fact, he told you in this world, you're going to have some troubles and hardship, but take hope because I have overcome the world and I will be with you to the very ends of the earth. Yeah. I'm thinking like the gospel of John is a really good book to sort of give you the promises of God. Where would else someone go to find the promises that are in scripture? Maybe that's the first step. Go to scripture. Yeah. I mean, don't rely on a Sunday message. Don't rely on just worship music on the radio, if you still listen to the radio, those people, or Spotify, um, but really go to God's Word and seek out what are the promises of God. Yeah, I think a good just barometer on that would be, if I asked you today, what are the three promises that you are relying on right now of God, what would they be? Oh, man. You want to ask me that? Sure, I'll ask you that. Okay. What are the three promises? Um, he said that he was the bread of life. Talking about 2020, the year of the carb. It's really the year that Jesus is the sustaining force in my life. Yeah. That he goes to prepare a place for me. That was number two. Um, that's an easy promise, right? And that he's going to send a helper. I mean, these are all things coming out of John. I've been in John, so I'm using that as a reference. But, okay, that's perfect. No, that's, that's such a good example. Take those three that, that Pastor Jay just mentioned and think about how that practically plays out in his life. So Jesus promised that he was the bread of life, but he also promised in conjunction with that, that man does not live on bread alone, but on every word of God. I would say Jay is probably in a healthier place than others that I know because he has feasted on the word of God. 
So that's a promise that God has. You can't live in 2020. You can't live and sustain your life on bread alone. You need God's word. And those who are taking him up on that promise and eating his word, I bet you are doing a little bit better, a little healthier. And then think about that promise of, you know, he has prepared a place for me, that your whole eternal existence is secure. I think that probably tempers some of the fear about your life being cut short here or being affected with sickness, COVID, whatever. Right. So that's how, you know, knowing the promises of God begin to shape how you live. You kind of have to know the direction of history and where things are going, what God has promised you, so that you can rest in the security of that today when circumstances seem totally out of control. Yeah, and I only do that because, and I only say those promises, and I'm not because I'm a super Christian, it's because I've tried everything else, and they've all collapsed under me. I've tried political persuasions. I've tried um, the latest thing on Instagram. I've tried uh, to stay up with the coolest technology. I've tried to do so much, um, and none of them have satisfied me and actually solidified hope in something that's beyond me. But, Jay... Have you tried Orange Theory? <laughs> I've not tried Orange Theory. People are like, is that an Orange Julius? What is Orange I Theory? thought it was like a Jamba Juice place. Yeah, you walked in and you were like, what a minute, there's treadmills no. here. Yeah, if no one knows, what, if you don't know what Orange Theory is, it's a cult, I think, <laughs> <laughs> of okay. exercise. You know, one of the things I think also, if you are hopeless, is to reach out and have people praying for you. In the scene. So prayer requests are really important. So why, why would it matter if, if someone prayed for you? Because you know that you're not in it alone. Obviously, it's that community piece again. But also that you know that you have other people talking to God on your behalf. So they're actually going outside of you and maybe your own strength to look upon the Lord and have him deliver you from whatever season you're in. Yeah. And and I the other reason I would say to that, amen to all that, is because you know there's a God who promised that he will listen to every single one of your cries, every one of your petitions, every one of your fears. He says that he's a father who already knows what you need, but in that fatherly relationship, Jesus teaches us to cry out, our father. Yeah, and the simple things and the big things. Yeah. Yeah, totally. Um, and then this is a really hard one. You know, if you want to practice hope, uh, one of the things we've talked about on this podcast before with Pastor Tom is a spiritual discipline of fasting, which is, it's a hard thing to think about, but when you go without food and you replace food with a time with the Lord or reading your scriptures or praying, you really start to see your future meal and become hopeful in that. And that's that waiting and that tension. You're like looking forward to that next meal, but you're also waiting and feasting on something different than bread alone. Yeah. I think that practice is, is really helpful in reminding us that our true hope um, comes from God. He is the ruler of my life. And as the ruler, we talked about this on Sunday, if he's ruler, he's not just simply the one I have fond affections for. But if he's ruler, that means that, that he's, he's the primary caretaker of my life. He's the one who's primarily responsible for providing for my needs. And caring for me. And so those practices you mentioned, Jay, are really good to remind myself, okay, I'm really not in the driver's seat. Though I'm in partnership with God and, you know, I, I continue to walk with him, he's the ruler. He's the one that gets to kind of shape the days and call the shots. Oh, man, that is so good. That's so good. Okay, so we have a great Christmas season here at Calvary. We're so thankful you're listening to us on the weekly. If you would do us a solid and go to iTunes and give us a 
uh, rating on iTunes. That'd be great on the podcasting network here. Um, reach out to us at the weekly. We would love to hear from you and your questions you have about the text. If you are struggling in this season, go to CalvaryBible.com. We'd love to be praying for you. And you click the help button and let Calvary come alongside you and carry some of your burdens in the Christmas season. We would love to do that here at Calvary. Um, Thomas, any other thing before we leave? It's great. It's, it's a good season of Advent, waiting for the arrival of hope. Hope is only fulfilled when God fulfills his promises. And so Christmas is a great reminder that God is faithful to everything he says he will accomplish. I will say, let it be so, my friend. It's good to see you. Have a great week, Calvary. We love you. We miss seeing you. Look forward to seeing you this Thursday, Sunday, and on Christmas Eve, knowing that you're there with us as we worship the Lord.